Good evening. This is Apostle Corey Douglas from Zion Ministries in Harvest, Alabama. Welcome you to another verse-by-verse Bible study on the book of Romans. We're excited to get started today. We are going to continue our study, Romans chapter number 5, verse number 1. Again, it's Romans chapter number 5, verse number 1. And the word of God reads, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what I'm believing for uh, this evening is for the Holy Spirit to give you not just an audible understanding, but an experiential understanding as well as a visual understanding. So we believe in God to to impart truth into your um, your experience, your ears, in addition to your eyes, especially as it relates to Romans chapter 5, verse number 1, because this is a powerful verse. And so he starts out by bridging it with the previous verse in chapter 4, saying, therefore, being justified. Okay, remember, justified meant to be rendered righteous, to be declared, to be pronounced righteous. And we spoke about the importance of being assessed, approved, accepted, validated as righteous not before the eyes of man, not before the opinions of others, but before the courts of heaven and before God the Father, who is the judge of all, who is depicted as the ancient of days, the judge of all, and he who sits upon the throne. And so it's a big thing to be justified and to be rendered righteous because it has present earthly, temporal uh, benefits in addition to benefits that continue on even more when we all transition off of this earth and when we transition into eternity, uh, whether we're justified or not before the courts of heaven and before God, the judge of all, uh, will determine our fate. So since therefore being rendered righteous by faith, so I want you to, I want you to hear this see it, and experience it. So there comes a point in our lives as born-again believers to where being justified is not just something that you hear and that we understand with our mind, but something that we hear, understand with our mind, see with the eyes of our heart, and also experience for ourselves as well. For instance, if you were uh, charged with uh, war crimes uh, that you know you were guilty of and had to face, um, you can say, uh, the International Council and give an account for your war crimes, the, uh, the global community, to give an account for war crimes that you knew you were guilty of and that was um, infallible proof that you were guilty and those crimes carried some of the most severest punish punishments and you know there is no really no case against it this is just a matter of going through uh, the due process of law in order to be charged and then condemned 
And all of a sudden, you get before the judge, and even though we are guilty, and we're thinking about the consequences, the punishment, and uh, what the law says we deserve, and we stand before the judge of the global community, and the verdict comes back that we are not guilty. Not only do you see the gavel and hit the, the canvas, and not only do you hear the words not guilty, but at that point you also feel the relief. You feel the relief of not being condemned but not having to go to prison. Some people may sigh. Some people may cry, may scream, may shout, may fall out. Uh, some would probably begin to weep and, as, and, and feel the pressure and the weight of the sentence of death, the accusation, and the charge for the transgression being remitted and thus being rendered righteous despite of being guilty. It brings an experience with it that brings ecstatic joy, overwhelming peace, and great freedom and relief as well. Well, being justified, when we really hear it, see it, as well as experience it, it brings the same kind of response with it, okay? It brings the same kind of joy, relief, tears, gratitude, gratefulness, uh, unbelievability, okay? Uh, when we truly, truly experience this, the, the relief from anxiety, the relief from guilt, the relief from um, the, you know, the thought of being condemned, the terror that comes with it, the weight that comes with it, the heaviness uh, of depression that comes with it, when we really um, connect our faith with the truth that you and I have been rendered righteous, it brings an experience, an unforgettable experience of a lifetime with it. And this is why Jesus came and died, so that you and I may not just hear this and perceive it with our eyes, but that we may experience it with our hearts as well. Therefore, being justified by faith. So this experience of justification, which is a truth, which is a historical fact, uh, which is a doctrine, but it is also a spiritual reality that can and is to be experienced by the believer. So the experience of being rendered righteous or not guilty is experienced through our faith, okay, through your faith, through my faith, okay? Now, when we look at faith, Faith is the Greek word pistis, and uniquely, when we look at this word, it means to be, again, I've shared it many times, it means to be persuaded. Um, it means to be convinced, okay? It means to to be to have firm 
conviction, okay, about a thing, okay? Conviction is not necessarily sinful. It's, it's just on the inside a strong inner core stance that you and I possess from the heart concerning an issue. So we all have the ability to to walk in faith. The Bible says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Another definition for faith is, listen to this, the character of one who can be relied on. Okay? That is what you call fidelity, which is another word for faith. It is the character of one who can be relied on. Now, and we're still talking about experience and justification. You have to ask yourself, as you're reading the Bible, do you believe the author? Do we really believe that the author is God? And we have to further ask ourselves, in our mind, in the deepest, most truest and honest and sincerest place within our hearts and minds, do we truly, truly, with everything that's within us, believe that the character of God, the character of the author of every scripture that we read, can be relied on? Okay? Do we truly believe that? Because if we don't believe that, we're not walking in faith. We're not in the faith that pleases God. And if we're not in the faith that pleases God, the God kind of faith, we will not experience justification. We'll, we, we may hear it. We may perceive it. But we will never encounter it in a way that brings that relief, that freedom, that overwhelming joy and eternal gratitude until you and I become persuaded and confident in the character of God, and we choose to rely on the integrity of his character, okay? And that's what, that's what faith is. It's not just what's been said. It's how you perceive the one that's speaking, how you perceive the one that wrote it, how you perceive the one that said it. That is the core foundation of true faith. If it's faith that overcomes the world, then there's a strong conviction in the character of the one that spoke. If there is a lack of faith, then it is rooted in a distrust, in a suspicion, in an insecurity, and an unbelief in the character of the one that's speaking. Okay? It has nothing to do with the words. It's how we perceive the very author thereof. And so the way that the kingdom of God is set up is that whatever is written in the word of God only becomes our daily experience to the degree that we walk in faith or that we truly trust and rely on the character of the one that's speaking to the degree we truly believe in the character of the one that's speaking. Okay. Now, that is so important because 
Moses establishes the importance of understanding that in the book of Numbers when he makes the statement, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or change or say this today and that tomorrow or be unstable and inconsistent. He doesn't let promises or words fall. Have, the question is, has God said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Shall he not perform and execute exactly what he said? He means what he says and says what he means, and he always backs it up. Okay? Because his character is trustworthy and integral, and this is the foundation for all true faith. And so if you're a believer and you're listening to this teaching, it's more easily heard and understood than actually executed. But faith will become easy when you settle the question of who is God to you. And once you settle that in your mind and in your heart, then believing every word in every scripture becomes easy. And it also positions you to experience the promises, the blessings, the realities, the graces, the the good and God-filled encounters that are, that are invested therein, okay? And so reading this again, therefore being justified by faith, by the confidence and the character of one that's speaking. You say, what does this look like? It means that you would, you, you would be willing to bet your life on it before you move away from the position of believing the words of the one that's speaking. You would be willing to risk it all, to sacrifice it all, to challenge the entire world, to not recant, okay, and to put it all at stake, okay, trusting in and believing in and holding fast as a witness of agreement, okay, in the words of the one that's speaking because you have faith in the character of the speaker or of the person that authored the Bible, and you can rely on it, okay? You have already perceived and concluded that they are always trustworthy, okay? And this is faith. And this is what the enemy comes to shake. This is what demons come to, this is, but this is also the very thing that overcomes the world. So we have to define faith because sometimes I think it can be heard, and because we've heard it for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, it can become kind of cliché and kind of normal. And we can say, well, I believe, I believe, I believe, but do we? Okay. Do we really believe? Okay. Therefore, being justified by faith, experiencing what it feels like, to be made innocent, okay? That happens when faith is present. If you have not experienced that, take your faith a little step further and line it up with the definition that I gave. Settle every issue of suspicion, of uncertainty, of doubt, of unbelief, and, and get to the point to where you believe that he is, okay, that you believe that God is. 
trustworthy and that he is not a liar and that he can be relied upon. And listen, rely on him. I think we have to take faith a step further. I think the the work of faith is when we don't just say it, but then when we choose to demonstrate it, but we rely on him. We count on him in the areas that he said he would do things or that he's already done things. We, we take it to the bank. Okay. We cash the check. Okay. We live in the conviction that what he said is so. And that is when the heavens open. And that is when the word of God comes alive. And that is when the experience of what God has spoken becomes our possession. So he renders us righteous through our faith so that you and I can have peace with God. Now the opposite of peace is war or enmity, hostility, conflict, contention. So this lets us know that when sin entered the world through Adam's transgression, then at that point, okay, because of that transgression, men became, as the Bible says, enemies of God or at war with God. Now, if you if you study the the word of God, you'll find that Satan and his fallen angels, they actually made war with the land and with, with the remnant of her seed and all that carried the testimony of Jesus Christ. You read that in Revelation chapter 12. And so the, the entire purpose was for God to bring his creation, mankind, to be back at peace with them because we can't win a war against God. Creation will not win a war against God. Falling angels will not win a war against God. Demons will not win a war against God. It would be easy for God, if that was his heart and his intention, to annihilate and to destroy us all. But because man being at war against God through the nature of sin was never God's intent to be at war or to be, uh, you know, have adversity dealing with man. Uh, the father never succumbed to it, but he found he found a way through his wisdom to bring you and I back in agreement with him to be at peace with him again, at harmony, at one, okay, to be in fellowship, in sync, in agreement, okay, with him again. And so it says, therefore, being justified by faith. We have peace. We have been brought back into unison, back into oneness, back into harmony, back into fellowship with God. And it says, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, let's read this all together. So he renders us innocent through our faith. After we are rendered innocent and not guilty through our faith, at that moment, you and I 
are brought back into right standing with God, which being at peace with God is also an experience as well. Being at peace with God is so powerful. You, you ever, you ever in your past life before you were born again, you ever was just kind of doing wrong or just making wrong decisions, bad decisions, ungodly decisions, and just felt like you were going to get in trouble? You knew you were getting out there. You knew that, you know, things were going to another level and you had no peace. Your conscience was eating at you. You had no rest. And you could just feel that, you know, the that, you know, something or somebody somewhere was not pleased with your decisions. You were not even pleased with them yourself. Stuff was scratching at your conscience. And that's what it means to to not be at peace with God. No sleep, no rest, can't eat, okay? Worry, fearful, dreadful, thinking that at any day uh, it could be my uh, my last day and and I could perish and, and not make eternity and constantly being reminded of all the wrong you've done and thinking and being tormented by the thoughts of paying the penalty or paying the price for him daily. All of this speaks of a person that is not experienced. Not that if you're born again, it's not yours, but we're not experiencing what it means to be, to have peace with God. To have peace with God is not to be fearful of his judgment, his condemnation, his anger, or his destruction. It's to know not just whose side you're on, but to know and to experience how he feels about you in a positive way, you know, by experience today. You don't have to, it's not guesswork. I'm not guessing does God love me. I'm not guessing how he feels about me. I'm not guessing whether he is pleased, whether I'm accepted, whether, you know, um, the Bible says, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. So the affirmation of love, the affirmation of acceptance, the affirmation of the bond of unity between God and you is witnessed daily to your spirit by his spirit, giving you affirmation daily. But if you're not experiencing that, it's hard to have peace with God. Okay. In other words, that looks like doing the Christ-like things and doing the Christian things and studying and Bible, Bible study and praying and worship, but not really knowing where you stand with God, not even sure uh, how God feels about you, or even being afraid that what you're doing is not enough, or being convinced that God feels uh, very, very cruel towards you, okay? Those are examples of a faith that has not yet tapped into the truth of justification and accepted, okay, the dependability, the trustworthiness of the character of the author and of the one who spoke that through faith we are justified. And that is a faith that is dormant but is not active and alive and relying on the character of the one that ordained peace. 
And that also brings with it torment, uh, confusion, dread, uh, bondage, you know, uh, fear, anxiety. These are all things that Jesus died so that you and I could be free from and that we could walk in the fruit of the Spirit, which is righteousness, peace, joy, in the Holy Ghost, acceptance, assurance, confidence, okay? A matter of fact, the Bible calls it joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so Romans 5.1 is so powerful and essential. It's not one of those verses that you, we could just read past and not really give it the respect, the honor, it because it's one of those verses that if, if we don't capitalize on and really allow it to come alive and meditate and embrace it, okay, and know it and experience and go on to experience, then a lot of the other things that we try to do as Christians won't work. They don't work, okay? Um, you, we have to make sure that we're good with God and we know, okay, not that we hope, but that we know God is good with us. And when you know that you're good with God and you know that God is good with you, man, it gives you a confidence, it gives you a courage, and it gives you a joy to just take on the world. You don't care what comes your way, okay? You don't care how many allied against you. You don't care what you lose, what you don't have, what you gain, who said what. Man, there's a, there, I'm telling you, there is such a courage and a joy and a confidence and just a carefreeness that comes when you walk in the reality of justification by faith and you know without a shadow of a doubt with everything that's within you that you are good with God and that as sure as you are alive today, that God is good with you, okay? In other words, he has nothing against you, okay? He is approved of you and not disapproved of you. Okay, his thoughts about you are happy thoughts and joyful thoughts and not shameful thoughts and irritated thoughts. And this is why it is important because this is the doorway. This is the entrance into not just relationship, but consistent, unbroken fellowship with him. It is also the entry level to true Christian growth in true character, and Christ-likeness as well, okay? It's the beginning. And so it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So peace with God is our possession. So he justifies us to give us Peace with God, harmony back with God. But I want you to picture yourself walking. Now, peace with God is your destination. In other words, if you can perceive that God is there and through the power of faith, 
you step through a doorway, and let's just say this doorway is Jesus Christ, and God is on the other side. So through faith, you enter through the doorway. Without faith, the door is closed. You can't get in. It's as closed as a brick wall. So, but through faith, you enter through this doorway, and on the other side of this doorway is God the Father. And when you step through to the other side of the doorway, despite of everything that you're conscious of in your past, the sin, the unrighteousness, the, the, the iniquity, the wickedness, when you step through the doorway, okay, he deals with you as if you have not done anything wrong ever in your life and in your existence. He treats you completely contrary to your memory bank and to your daily and constant nagging reflections and meditations. And where you thought he would be angry and you would be destroyed by his holiness and power, he's happy, joyful, grateful, and glad to see you. Okay? This is what it means to have peace with God through the doorway of our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that when you step through that doorway by faith, you leave your sins, the remembrance of them, the nature, the old man, the consequences, the penalty. You leave all that on the other side of the doorway. And when you step through that doorway in faith, you step through in the identity clothed in his son, Jesus Christ. And God begins to address you, the Father, and talk to you in the same, you can say, acceptance, in the same love, in the same joy, in the same confidence of assurance, in the same security, in the same approval. He begins to talk to you in the very same way that he talks to his own son, Jesus Christ, face to face, because when you step through that door, praise God, you're stepping into Christ, and you're identifying with him, and he is in you, and you are in him, and because you are in him before the Father, his right standing with the Father has now become your literal right standing with the Father as well. Well, God bless you. May he encourage you, increase you more and more. Grace and peace be with you. And that will conclude, praise God, this particular study. Lord willing, we will see you this coming Friday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. In Jesus' name, amen.